We have introduction. My name is Tim. Feels like it's been way too long since he's been here, but we'll be on. Good to see everybody tonight. Okay. Those. Okay. This will be on lesson number nine this evening. Lesson number nine and a lesson on prayer. Let's go ahead and pray before we start. Lord, as we come before you this evening, we thank you for thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here again and um, just to be able to be back uh, leading the lessons and everything tonight. And um, as we think about just the topic for tonight, it's a um, this is a challenging lesson to me, and I pray that it would be uh, challenging to everyone else as well. Just help us as we go through it. Just uh, guide us and. Um, wisdom on things we need to change in our lives as a result of this. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Okay, as you can see, there's a lot of reading um, today, So, but we'll actually, we'll just read what we can here. Um, so the first one is, it's basically taken from three of the Gospels, the, uh, um, the Garden of Gethsemane, where, where Jesus is praying and asking his disciples to pray each of those uh, three accounts is what our kind of our text verses are this evening. So let's go ahead and we'll start with those. Pastor, if you just want to go ahead and start us there. This is Matthew 26, 36 to 45. Then come to Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And then Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. And they came to a place which is named Gethsemane, and and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he took his with him, Peter, James, and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. 
and say it unto them, My soul is a king unto them. Carry me here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest thou, couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wished they, wished they what to answer him. The third time and say unto him, Sleep on now, and take your rest. It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Well, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And the third one is uh, Luke 22, 39 to 46. And I'll just read that passage here. Verse 39. And he came out and went, and as, was, and as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he saith unto them, Pray, that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. On the night of his betrayal, the Lord Jesus Christ took his disciples, uh, Peter, James, and John, into the garden of Gethsemane. And through his own example and by exposing their own weakness, he taught them a lesson on prayer. So then some goals for us when we look at this lesson here is to understand the necessity of an intimate prayer life. And realize that hindrances to prayer often stem from our own fleshly weaknesses. And then three, that we would choose to cultivate a faithful and fervent prayer life with the Lord. Now, much of Peter's education as a disciple was derived by being near the Lord Jesus Christ and learning from his words and actions. Now, that's a prime example for us today. If we want to learn and grow, we too need to spend much time in the presence of the Lord. That I may know him was Paul's aspiration in Philippians 3.10. In this lesson, we'll study Peter, James, and John and their evening with Jesus in the garden. And we'll see the vital importance of prayer, and we'll also see that prayer is a matter of obedience to the Lord and of overcoming the flesh. Therefore, we must actively choose to pray. So point number one is, up here, Jesus starts with an S. Not happy. Sorrowed. Jesus sorrowed. It's important for us to realize that Christ was fully man as well as fully God. And as such, he was tempted like we are and sorrowed as we do. 
As we begin to look at this passage, note that both Matthew and Mark mention that the Lord Jesus Christ was exceedingly sorrowful, is the words that are used there. So Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verses 14 to 15, should be the verses on your sheet. I don't remember exactly where we stopped, but anybody else remember? Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Isaiah 53, verse 3. The Lord's response to sorrow was to take his burden to his heavenly Father. Even in his this darkest hour, he served as an example to us, turning to the heavenly Father with his burden. The songwriter Charles Tinley gave the reminder too, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. A wall plaque that's often seen in gift shops asks the question, why pray when you can worry? Now, while that's intended to be Amusing, it's sadly often a life pattern for many Christians. So subpoint A is the request to sort of the W. Watch. The request to watch. Tarry ye here and watch, Jesus told Peter, James, and John. He needed to go off by himself, and his simple request was for them to stay awake and be alert. The Greek word here translated watch is the same as that's translated vigilant in 1 Peter 5.8. No, be sorrow, or uh, I can't even think of the word, but for your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now as God, Jesus knew Judas would arrive soon, leading the soldiers who would arrest him, and he, and he knew all that, would, that was ahead of him with his crucifixion coming. And as a man, he took time to prepare spiritually and emotionally for what was to come. A time of fervent prayer would give him the strength he needed to go all the way to the cross. And as he entered this quiet moment in Gethsemane, Jesus asked his disciples to enter into his ministry of prayer. Jesus still has a ministry of prayer, by the way, and we can have a part in it and what God is doing in the hearts and lives of people today. Hebrews 7, 24 to 25. Talking about Christ there. Ever liveth to make intercession for them. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter 4, 7, we're commanded to be watchmen in prayer. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. That's Peter speaking there. And we know first century Christians lived in wicked and stressful times, and it's just as needful today that we watch into prayer. One of the major responsibilities of a watchman is to keep an eye out for danger and give warning when needed. We see this taught in Ezekiel 33, verse 7. God gives the prophet this commission here. It says, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, 
and warn them from me. Believers today need to be on a watch for their own sakes. Be sober, be vigilant, 1 Peter 5.8. And for others who need to be warned away from actions that might have disastrous results. Britain owned, owed her survival against Nazi Germany's aerial onslaught during the crucial months of 1940 in large part to the early warning system provided by radar. This enabled the outnumbered British fighter squadrons to see the enemy coming, figure out where they were headed, get into the air, reach the critical points quickly and effectively, and usually intercept the German bombers before they could reach their targets. Much damage was done on the ground in England, and many people lost their lives. But it would have been far worse had it not been for the watchfulness of those in charge of the radar systems, also known as the Blitz. So subpoint B, we have the request to watch, but then we also have the request to, sorry, the P, to pray. Yep. The request to pray. Luke 22, verse 40. The Lord is about to teach Peter, James, and John that it was not enough just to watch, but that it was also necessary to pray. When we work, when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. Prayer should accompany everything that we do. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 teaches us that we are to be in a continual attitude of prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, common verse. Pray without ceasing. In everything, we need the Lord. Prayer should be our first resort, not our last. And the Lord speaks much of the power of prayer in his word. A number of verses here. Luke 18, 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Luke 21, 36. Watching therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching hereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all things. Colossians 4, 2. And then 1 Peter 4, 7. At the end of all things, therefore sober and watching to pray. The Confederate General Stonewall Jackson was, above all, a devout Christian. During his pre-war days as a professor at the Virginia Military Academy, VMI, a friend once asked him how it was possible to pray without ceasing. Jackson replied shyly that he had cultivated it as a habit thanking God for the water of life whenever he took a glass of water, praying for the recipient whenever he sent a letter, asking God to prepare him for a letter's contents before it was opened, praying for his students as they assembled for class, and, of so, and so of every other familiar act of the day. But, said his friend, do you not often forget these seasons coming so frequently? No, said he. I have made the practice habitual to me, and I can no more forget it than forget to drink when I'm thirsty. 
one of the greatest encouragements that we could ever give to other people is to let them know that we are praying for them. The Lord Jesus Christ was going through the darkest hours of his life. And this time, commonly called the Passion Week, culminated in Christ willingly giving himself as a sacrifice, bearing the sin of the whole world and being forsaken by his Father. His great desire was prayer support. Which brings us to point two. Of course, we had Jesus sorrowed, and then the disciples, starts with an S, slept. As is often the case, the flesh overcame the spirit. Our flesh is weak, and by its very nature, our flesh is unspiritual. Our flesh does not like hour-long prayer meetings, much less all-night prayer meetings. Oftentimes, when we ought to be working or praying, our flesh convinces us of our fatigue, and an opportunity to serve God and others is either delayed or lost. Subpoint A, we have the something of the Spirit, starts with a W. Weakness, willingness, yep, the willingness of the Spirit. There's no doubt that the disciples found this to be a reasonable request. They undoubtedly planned to do exactly what Jesus asked them to do. They went with Jesus to the place of prayer. From there, the scripture states that Jesus went a little further, went forward a little. Luke, Luke points out that he did not go far, merely a stone's throw, stone's cast away. So far, everything was going well. They listened to the Lord, they followed the Lord, and they were close to the Lord. What excellent examples for us to learn from. We too ought to listen to the Lord, follow the Lord, and stay close to the Lord. You know, often, again, looking at what they did right, they did a lot of things right. We often like to bash them in this case, but they did a lot of things right here. How strong is your willingness to walk with the Lord, to obey Him in all things, to live a life that's pleasing to Him? God highly esteems a willing spirit. First Chronicles 28, 9. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. In Mark chapter 12 and in Luke chapter 21, we read about a remarkable woman who received a special commendation from the Savior. She was a poor widow who didn't have much. But what she had, she was willing to give. And Jesus noticed. Mark 12, 41 to 44. The treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. But she of her one did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Are we willing to do whatever we can with whatever we have, whenever it's needed, wherever we are? So, sub point B, we had the weak, 
the uh, willingness of the spirit and then the weakness of the spirit is the point B. The spirit was willing and that was good. But now we see the weakness in the flesh. Despite their good intentions to do what Jesus had requested, watch and pray, Peter, James, and John gave in to their weariness and fell asleep. As long as we're in the world, we will have a constant conflict between the spirit and the flesh. The Apostle Paul understood what we're dealing with because he had the same struggle. He stated in Romans 7, 15, for that which I do I allow not, for what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that do I. And then in verse 19, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. In other words, I want to do what's right, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do. He wanted to please the Lord, but he often failed. His flesh overcame his spirit, just as the three sleepy disciples in the garden. And this passage is uh, in here, then in Romans 7, 14 to 25. For we know that the law of spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under <coughs> For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. For what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more than I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the, from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. In Galatians 5, 17. But if thou let the things of spirit make good against the flesh, and these are contrary to one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. In Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. In my forever. It's imperative for believers to understand that our flesh will always lead us away from God and away from God's will and will always let us down spiritually. Jeremiah went so far as to say, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. It's Jeremiah 17.5. The author of the song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, George, George Duffield Jr., understood this when he said, The arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. In theory, golf is a very easy game. <laughs> Take this club and hit a stationary ball to that particular spot with the eventual goal 
of putting the ball into that hole up ahead in the fewest hits possible. Again, you think every other sport's got a moving ball, you know? This has stationary ball. In practice, it is quite a bit more challenging. Somehow we have difficulty doing what we know we should do. Our bodies seem to conspire with the terrain and the laws of physics to produce results that are often quite different from our intentions. Life is much the same. We know right from wrong. We know what we should do and we know what we should not do. We think we should be able to do right and avoid wrong. But like the Apostle Paul, what we find ourselves doing is often the very thing we know that we should not be doing. Thank the Lord that one day we'll be delivered from that. So subpoint or not subpoint, point three is we have the disciple starts with an S. We already had Jesus sorrowed, the disciples slept, and now the disciple starts with an again S again. And strength. Silenced. <laughs> the disciples silenced. Having re- requested his three trusted disciples to watch with him, Jesus came back to check on them twice. Both times he found them asleep. Both Matthew and Mark state that Jesus singled out who specifically? Peter. For reproach. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? For once, Peter had nothing to say. At least it's recorded for us. Subpoint A is the something was strong. Starts with an H. Think of their eyes. Heaviness. The heaviness was strong. Their eyes were heavy, both Matthew and Mark tell us. With the disciples oblivious to his presence, Jesus finally just let them sleep. What did they miss by not watching with Jesus for that one hour? Certainly they missed seeing a marvelous session of prayer. The son pouring out his very heart to the father. They missed overhearing his example of total surrender. Not my will, but thine be done. They missed an opportunity to later discuss amongst themselves the things the Lord had been teaching them. They missed an opportunity to revel in the privilege they had to be close to the Lord during this monumental time. And it's interesting, if you think about it, this time that was written in like the Gospels was not written by them. This time, because they were sleeping during the time. Uh, interesting, you think about that. It was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John doesn't really talk about this specifically. Kind of interesting to think about. One unavoidable aspect of missed opportunities is that we may not even realize what opportunities have been missed. Christ has great blessings available to us through the privilege of prayer. We must be on guard that we do not allow our weariness to keep us from what we need so desperately, the very thing that will give us strength, communion with God. When Satan tempts us to be silent, we must remember that God wants us to commune with him. David was a man after God's own heart, and one of his favorite pursuits 
was prayer. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice, Psalm 55, 17. Do you often find your heaviness strong when it comes to fellowshipping with and serving God? Do you need strength to do what God's called you to do? We can come to the Lord and get all the strength that we need. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Again, these are familiar verses, but think about them in this context here. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. And it's really interesting when you think about those verses in the context of what we're just talking about here. I never really thought about them that way. Subpoint B. We had the heaviness was strong, and now the H was come. Hour. The hour was come. Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. It's Matthew 26, 45. The time had come. For Jesus to allow himself to be betrayed by Judas Iscariot. For the disciples, everything that they had known was about to be destroyed. Although the prophets had foretold the events that were about to unfold, and Jesus was prepared to go all the way to the end, Peter, James, and John must have looked back and wished that they had watched and prayed, as Jesus had asked them to. One statistic every baseball team wants to minimize is L-O-B stands for left on base, potential runners that never scored and were left stranded because the batters were unable to take advantage of the opportunity to drive them in before the inning was over and time was up. LOB is often the difference between winning and losing. Luke finishes his account with Jesus saying, why sleep ye? Rise and pray lest she enter into temptation. What was true for the disciples is equally true for us today. With temptation rampant in the world today, one of our greatest needs is our need to rise and pray. John 9, 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And 1 Peter 4, 7. So in conclusion, Christ has called us into the ministry of prayer with him. While it won't be always be easy to fulfill his command and we may find ourselves battling fatigue, distractions, and Satan himself, we must realize that we can still choose to follow and obey. With Christ's help, we can accomplish this task that is commanded of every believer to draw close to God and to pray without ceasing. And we can experience the richness and then renewal of time spent with Him. So that's the conclusion then of the lesson um, tonight, kind of a bit of, a, bit of an abrupt kind of ending, so to speak. But um, any thoughts, anybody on the lesson tonight? Besides the fact that it's challenging?
I would, that I do not <laughs> when it comes to that. What I would not, that I do. That I do. It's definitely very true. <laughs> yep. Any other thoughts? Anybody else? Or? No, my go for it, John. reading somewhere about a stat of you know, the average Christian plays like six, seven minutes a day, including sports or whatever. It's how crazy that is, but uh, which sadly it's not all that surprising. Do more for the Lord or have more of a burden for people and, and specifically unsaved families and that sort of thing. Um, but just thinking about it, like, how can we if we're not praying, asking the Lord, you know, being part of that, that burden? fall asleep praying for them, you know. Anything else? Good thoughts? And for me, again, that, that Stonewall Jackson illustration was pretty, um, it kind of stood out to me, but then the other one on beginning to like baseball was uh, left on base. It's like, again, just opportunities, you know, that we have, but we miss and we don't take before time's up, um, or the opportunity's not there anymore. Then that, but then those those verses in Isaiah there, just again in that context of, of the lesson and everything here of uh, those verses about wings as eagles, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk, and not faint. Last call, any other thoughts, anybody? Kind of along the lines of what you were saying, Jonathan, too, but those verses in Isaiah just, uh, I don't know, it's easy to get discouraged about different things, but it really is our own, own fault, but those verses in Isaiah, like God's promises, He will renew our strength, and like eagles, they're so strong, they're so powerful, they're going to stay up in that air forever. And not much is going to get them down. But that only comes through the Lord and praying for it and being in fellowship with Him. So it's like, I know, for me, sometimes it's like, oh, it's easy to discourage. It's like, really, I think it's your own, own fault. 
Let's go ahead and pray. And Lord, we think of the lesson tonight, again, fitting, I guess, here, know that we're praying in conclusion, again, often that's just a habit thing, but um, we thank you for the lesson that we're able to, to, to look at tonight and just on prayer, and then just the, again, the, the importance of it, the necessity of it, how hard and not easy it is sometimes but that you do promise strength. Again, the mount up with wings as eagles, Lord. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, even the strongest and most full of energy um, will fail there. But again, that's where your strength comes in. And um, let's help us, if nothing else, this lesson, just drive home the importance of just trying to ha- of having that time with you um, and the daily. Um, pray that we would all do that and continue to grow in that and more, Lord, that you just give us, as we do it, just the desire and the hunger for more. And again, that, that comes from you there. And ask that you'd uh, be with us, give us safety as we go to our homes this evening, and then bring us back again on Wednesday. And those that are uh, still sick or trying to get well, we just get well quickly, and we've got to stay well for a while, despite all the other sickness that's going around. In Jesus' name, amen.